Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Would Fergie Do? I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Francis. I go by Olu Jimmy. And I go by Larry. Um, today, we're going to be covering a number of topics to do with Manchester United. We've played two games since the last pod that we recorded. We played against uh, Man City and we also played against Watford. And so we'll start with the Man City game. Honestly, if you saw the game, there's not too much to talk about. But, you know, let's just cover what the little that happened. So, uh, <laughs> Jimmy, I'll come to you first. What were your thoughts on, on the performance, lineup, anything of note that you thought would be worthwhile saying? Talking about to be like, I, I, honestly, like I wasn't even shocked at the result. Like my only regret was just only picking one nil because remember I told you guys in the last one that I think this was gonna be an L because we were all well I won't say we because I didn't. So mm-hmm. everyone was heaping praises on social. Ah, he's changed. He's done this. You know, yada yeah. Man, like social, and I was like, I don't know, man, <laughs> because. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I feel like we were winning in spite of him. Like, like we talked about in the last one, like it's the resurgence of Bruno, even Paul Pogba, and then we had Bai, who I think is injured now. But like, yeah, I think it's just the resurgence of some of the players. And I think also Francis touched on it too in the last part. He was talking about how they had this "I don't want to lose" attitude, which again, yes, they had that. But like, I felt like this is the game where you need a coach. And then he bought to the like. Did you guys know that we had five subs in that game? I, yeah, I knew. I knew we had like a uh, more than more than three, but we didn't well, like, make a sub until you know. My point exactly. So his first sub was on the seventy-fifth minute. He brought in Greenwood for Scott, which again, okay, Greenwood, uh, and then. He waited to the 88th minute to bring a band big. What is my guy supposed to do in two minutes? Yeah. So, like, when we everyone is talking about our social days, even, like, if you watch Sky Sports, I'm like, nah, man, this man is still not the man. Like, there, to me, like, yes, there are a few games where you need the coach to be tactically sound. And I feel like that City game was one of them. And he just bought to the, like, he didn't know what to do. He was just there, just... And I hate when they pan and they show his face. You know that face he always makes, like, you know, some innocent face. I'm like, guy, like, to me, yeah. now he's annoying and he just looks dumb. And he's crossing his leg and watching. Yeah, like, like I'm like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, like, you were watching this game and you didn't think, like, a change was necessary. Like, till 88 minutes when you brought in someone, I thought, like, I might actually do something in the game, which is Vanda Vick. I don't know, man. But anyways, um, before I go too deep on um, to on uh, social, yes, no one like really showed up in that game. Um, Bruno had one of his worst games. Paul was, yeah. And one thing, another mistake he also did was not playing Eric Bale. Um, is it Bailly or how do you say it? Yeah, yeah, Eric Bailly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because if you notice, every time we play Lindelof and uh, Maguire together, because they don't have any recovery pace, they always have to sit back. And then if you look at the space between the defenders and like the midfield, it's, that's what City was exploiting all game because I don't, for some reason, we decided to bring Lindelof back. I don't know why. Can, if someone can explain that to me, like that would make sense to me. But like, I don't know why he brought him back. But anyways... I'm just saying, like, it was a plethora of mistakes he made in that game, and which is one of the reasons why I don't think he's the man going forward still, regardless of how many games we won. I, I agree with you, though, but the point on on Bailly versus Lindelof, to be honest with you, I didn't think... I won't really um, slap him in the PP for that. I, I don't think he's... Hmm. Did you see the goal just, the first? 
the first yeah, goal we considered. Yeah, the first goal we considered was from a, a, a set piece, right? Which was from Scott McTominay acting stupid in a very dangerous <laughs> position. So, uh, and if you notice, like in the ne- in the past few games, he has given away free kicks countless number of times in that position. Go and check against Southampton. There's a free kick that this guy scored. James Ward Prowse was Scott McTominay that gave away a free kick there, and a couple other games too. So once that happened, I'm like. This is a very dangerous position for us to be giving away free kick. But then I think in the in the set piece itself, Lindelof had nothing to do with it. It was um Luke Shaw who left his marker and John Stones went to the front and just put his body in. Right. So I won't really say um Bayi would have made any difference in the game because the goals we considered aren't really defensive mistakes. Fernandino's goal was a shot from outside the box. And prior mm. to that, I don't think Man City really, really had any clear-cut chance, you know, in the mm-hmm. game. All the bar, the bar. like I, I thought, yeah, they, they, they hit the bar from De Bruyne, right? But uh, other than that, they were passing the ball, trying to penetrate. But did they really t- think so? Right. So, in summary, to me, I think it was a safe game from both teams. I'll give credit to City, though. They played well, and like, you can tell that they are getting back into that rhythm where, you know, they are going to be blowing teams out. And defensively, they are very sound. They have that Diaz boy that they bought um, recently. That guy has really showed their defense. And it's not like he's exceptional, but he's just being in the right position at the right time and being able to mm-hmm. block and intercept passes. It makes a whole lot of difference. I think City, they've considered were probably the least amount of goals in, in, in Premier League this season. So, um, I'll give them credit for that. They were the better team. Uh, Jimmy already spoke about everything else in relation to Ole. Ole, is, in summary, is just dumb. So there's really, <laughs> there's really not much to talk about. It's like beating a dead horse. He's really not going to do anything. I think the thing that pisses me off is the way he sits down and watches his iPad like he's Sir Alex Ferguson. Like you are still a, you are an up and coming boy. You know, you should be on the ground shouting. Let people let your shirt be wet. After the game from sweat, across it should be hotly like it just feels so comfortable. Like I'm like, guy, what are you doing? And they see your CV, you know, you only coached. What did you coach again? Millwall or some one stupid club like that? Cardiff, Cardiff, and you're doing like you're one done. So that's the thing that pisses me off about the guy. Like, holy, I'm not talking about you anymore. Yeah, I think the game was a wake up call for us as far as. People, you know, getting their expectations up. The, the one of the things that you know comes out after a game like this is the number of semi-finals that we've lost in a row, or lost, you know, in the last few. I think this is his fourth or fifth semi-final that we've lost, you know, under under him, you know, under his tenure at United. If you go even further back, even at um, um, what's the name of the team? In he was he coaches. I can't remember the name. Bronby or one of them. Mulder. Mulder. You know who has a, a track record of losing semifinals there. So you know, I, again, I think we can see his shortcomings. We understand that the way he wants to play. If you are a coach that you know understands how to play against him, knowing that he wants to concede. Um, possession and he wants to hit you on the counter attack and he wants to play with play with pace and speed and once that opportunity isn't afforded to him he just looks like he doesn't have a second gear you know that's part of the problem when it looks good you can see that the boys are having fun they are interchanging they are 
running, you know, it's those kind of teams that let, let them do that. They have fun. But as soon as a team decides we won't let you hit us on the break, we will exploit the fact that you do not press or you do not press well, you know, it, it begins to look it, it begins to look weird. I, I thought the game against City, the scoreline flattered us. I don't think I think the first half we were much better than the second half. The first half it felt like we were in the game even though we weren't creating chances. The second half just felt like, you know, in some ways, you yeah, are disappointed that the goals considered were set pieces because it makes you feel like, well, that was avoidable. But truly, you know, there was no sense of urgency. When Man City scored, there still wasn't any sense of urgency. Jimmy's already talked about how, you know, we didn't use any of the substitutions that we had. And when we did, we, were, we started using them late. I mean, like you said, the second one was in the 80th minute or something like that. So it's just a reminder that, you know, for the people who are getting carried away with Ole, and even when you want to praise him, like Francis had said in the last pod, you have to do it with, you know, one eye, one hand behind your back because you know that a performance like this is coming around the corner. I'll switch gears to the next game that we played against Watford, which was slightly better performance but again you have to take the opposition <laughs> into account as well francis i will start with you uh what were your thoughts on the game in general the lineup you know van der Beek goes to start in this game dan james started your boy scotty who's you know your man your favorite um you go you go in the team as well so what were your thoughts on the game on, on the performance i think the, that game was was worse than the city game it was like watching paint dry. It was, it was very... It was too boring. And I, I don't even... Watford is not really a good team. They have Andre Gray up front. They have... Um, Ishmael. Ishmael Sa, you know. So it wasn't really a great opponent that we were... And, and I wouldn't even say we were respecting them because they are not even good, you know. So... I know we made like seven substitutions. They brought in some fringe players, like uh, Jesse Lingard played his first game this season. Van der Beek started I like this game, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. I think he made some like midfield runs I actually haven't seen in a while, and yeah, it opened up some spaces. But then we didn't have the creativity in midfield to either pick a pass or play a forward pass, and that's where I would. I don't want to be critical on Van der Beek now, but if I'm going to be, I, I don't know if he's brave enough to to like want to make it. Before a there's any Van der Beek slander, he was my man of the match. And that's I was going to say and that. I, I, I was going to say that too. Like you know, he was like they wrote an article about him having the best, being the best player on the pitch. Oh, okay. I, I didn't even see. I haven't seen any ratings or anything. Just for me watching him. Yeah. He was of the match but then that's what are you what are you comparing him to are you comparing him to trash or are you comparing him to the awesomeness that was on the pitch no no i'll let you finish but my, this is my only thing when we say that about this player yeah. like we don't like how many minutes do you think Benavik has this season yeah I, I, I understand your point and i agree with your point that's why i'm saying i don't want to be too critical on the guy but in comparison to what is out there now saying he had an exceptional game or whatnot, from what I watched, I just thought he was normal. Like he, okay, he had so, a good so game. who was who was better than him? Because Nobody. you are saying you don't want to be critical of him, right? Yeah. 
if I'm saying that to me he was our the best player on the pitch for mm-hmm. that game, mm-hmm. it means that in my mind you can call ten other players first before mm-hmm. you even think about Van der Beek because we're not as far as I understand you're not saying that oh we played well and Van der Beek should have done more you're saying we you said this performance was not even was worse than the Man City performance right so yeah, yeah. we're looking at the number of players and we're saying you guys didn't show up to the level that we we expect you to at least that's the way I heard it yeah that that's what I'm saying but what I'm also saying as well is um, with Van der Beek and all that, there's a there's an expectation from this guy because everyone keeps saying he has not played, he has not done this, he has not done that. So coming into the game and him starting, I was expecting more from the guy. Like I was expecting more forward passes, more you know inter- interceptions or running into the box, that kind of thing. But I just thought he kept it pretty simple. Which, if that was the instruction from the coach, which I don't think Ole really gives instructions, by the way. But if that was the instruction, <laughs> he did his job. But I was expecting more. Maybe I was comparing him to, or hoping to see more of like a Bruno Fernandes kind of performance or a Pogba kind of performance. But I didn't see that. If if that's me judging him too hard, then sure. It's, it's what I thought he would bring to the, to the game. I think another thing we might, yeah, no, and I get what you mean. Like, yes, like you expected more. I expected more to like that game was just, you know, an ISO, anyways. But I think you also have to keep in mind that like, if you see who is around him, like, were those guys making the runs for him to make the pass? Mm. Like, what? Again, I didn't really watch the game like so closely like that, so I can't really like answer that question. But I think if you surround him with like people like Mata, like you said, Jesse, when would Jesse got like, play last, like a full game? Mm. So you have to think about those things too, right? Like where they, where the players there for him to do what you're asking him to do in that game, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that's, I, that's I also think if we look at the formation itself, we had two in midfield. It was it was Van der Beek and Scott McTominay. And then we had three in front of them. So we had Dan James, Lingard and Mata. And then Greenwood. So he's not even playing in, as number 10 in this in this game. So I can't imagine that his responsibilities include pushing the team forward because we we have three other people in attack behind the striker whose responsibilities would be something along that line, right? So yeah. that's where, again, like you said, maybe it's based on the instructions. I, I felt the reason why I like Van der Beek is, again, why I like watching him is because he keeps it simple. He's always available for a pass, and when he gets the pass, he knows where that ball is going, right? And sometimes, some like Scott doesn't do that, right? Like Scott will get the ball and then start trying to figure out, and then he's probably going to pass backwards, right? So I I liked Van der Beek just because his positioning is always great, and he's always available and always knows where that ball is going as soon as he gets it. He rarely ever loses the ball. Is he? flashy is he going to give you a killer pass he doesn't even get to play as a number 10 so i don't want to judge him based on you know number 10 type um performances or statistics or anything like that you know i i I thought again for the game there were so many other people i could look at and i just felt like they're not really doing anything to push this this uh, team forward. The first half, I thought we had we actually played. We started out really well, as far as you know, attacking Watford. 
But with after we scored that first goal, within another five minutes, things yeah. just started unraveling for us. No, I, I agree with you, and I agree with Jibola's point. Is that the the players around him give him the facilities to be as brave as he should be? I, I probably not. But then again, from watching Van der Beek, even the cameos and even this game as well, I just think he's a little bit too safe. Um, he doesn't take like if if someone passes the ball to him, he's most likely going to pass it back to that person and try to create a space for himself. Then turn around and try to look for a forward pass. That's what I've noticed though. But uh, hopefully he gets more chances to prove me wrong, or you guys will see what I'm talking about. No, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Um, do you want to move over to our upcoming game, or does anyone have any thoughts to finalize what for? Because I think we've all said the game was boring. So, <laughs> oh, one, one thing, one thing. Bruno Fernandez had probably his worst game in a United shirt against City. Oh my God! Oh my I God! Agree. He, I he was the most. He was the most frustrating player on that pitch. But I feel like that is one of the reasons why I have always had my reservations about Bruno. Is that I cannot argue with his stats. There's nothing I can say. And really, there's nothing I should be saying about the stats. But even in some of those games where he scores a penalty or he provides an assist or he scores from open play, I feel like he frustrates in terms of some of his decision-making. I think he loses the ball quite a bit. And that Man City game reflected it a lot more because you are looking for your superstar player to do something, change the mm-hmm. dynamics of what we're watching, what's happening, and and it just wasn't happening. But I don't feel like I haven't seen that same performance from him in other games. It's just sometimes he'll get the penalty, he'll score the penalty, and then we don't talk about how... You know, he's not he's he how wasteful he can be sometimes. I have a question to throw to you guys though. Um yeah. do you think Bruno Fernandez is world class? Oh yes. You think I, he is? I, I think he's world class. Right? Jimmy, do you think he is? Jibo, do you think Bruno Fernandez is world class? I think he is. Well like why I'm guessing you don't think he's world class, but again, can you get um, you guys can hear me, right? Okay, I can no, hear you. someone just called me, and I was just wondering if it would affect the pod. But anyways, no, I think I think he's world class because he's doing what we're at, we've asked of him. Besides, yes, the city game with him perform, but for the most part, you look at his numbers, you can't you can't argue with that. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing no, no, I would I'm ask sorry, you. Before, you, before, you, before answer. you answer, and also you can't you can't question oh, okay. his impact on that team, right? Agreed. So that those are like my criteria. Like the numbers are there, his impact is there. There's a glaring difference when he's not in that, on that pitch. Even though yes, he was frustrating against Man City, but who else was doing anything? I I, yeah. I, I agree. I I think. Larry, maybe you wanted to say something first before I say what I want to say. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, who who would you say is a better number 10 in the world right now than Bruno Fernandes? Um, 
I can't really call or think of anybody right now, to be honest. Yeah. So, so when I when I think of world class, I think you also have to look at what you have available and say because that's to me that's that's the idea, right? Is if you look at all the players in the world right now, is this person in the elite of the elite? And I feel like he is in the elite of the elite in his position right now. So you won't consider the, the, the time span he has done this in or maybe want to give him a longer period of time to be this consistent before you can call him all class? Not necessarily, only because he was playing well in Portugal. That's how he got the move to United. He wasn't unknown to, to people in Portugal. Like he was scoring goals. He was providing... He was uh, sporting Lisbon's top goal scorer. And it wasn't like a small amount of goals either. It was like 20-something goals in, in um, the season before he joined us. He joined us in January. So I don't know what his stats for that season were like. But mm. the summer before he was the leading scorer, I think he might even have been the leading goal scorer in the league. Or something ridiculous. I know he scored a, a lot of goals and he was a captain. He was a you know driving force on the team. So I I don't I I still have a few doubts about the level that he operates at and whether or not he can do this consistently. Mm-hmm. But I think it's been a year since he's been putting up these numbers and these numbers are not slowing down, at least not yet. So, I, yeah. I, I would say I, yeah, world class. Yeah, I think I'll put like a caveat in that world class if I'm going to put him there. Like, uh, oh, granted, he has the impact he has, he has, he has, you know, brought to the team over this short period of time is remarkable. Like, I don't know of anyone else that has done that. People are even starting to compare him to Cantona, which I feel like is. Maybe a disrespect to Cantona, but um, when I actually sit down to watch Bruno Fernandes, it's I don't consider him world class just because of the amount of mistakes he makes in a game. He's this high risk, high reward kind of player where he would throw like twenty passes in a game, and those twenty passes are pretty much useless. Either he gets intercepted or he's trying to rush his gameplay and not even thinking or settling down to, you know, give that kill up. And I'm sure if he settles down for like two seconds, it would be a beautiful play. But he tries to rush it. Out of those 20, maybe one would work. And he already has that stat added to his numbers. So that's where I think he needs to improve on to get to that world-class level. But... I mean, is a, a debate though that people would have their opinions on. Me, I don't think he's fully world class yet. He's loading, but he's not there. Yeah, but again, who would you call world class in this position? De Bruyne. Uh, I don't feel like De Bruyne plays the same position he does. I think, you I know, think I De Bruyne, think is De Bruyne be... actually plays like central yeah, midfield. Yeah, I was going to say that. He comes, yeah, he picks up the play from, from central midfield. Yeah, yeah, but the Bruyne plays ten though for City. Like he, he, I mean, he plays anywhere. So this season, City have been playing two holding midfielders: Gondogan and Rodri, or Fernandino and Rodri. And the Bruyne plays free role. Like he can play, come from the left, come from middle, come from the right, center. Yeah, every, so, he plays so he's everywhere. not playing the number ten though. I guess is what I'm saying. Like 
I, I, I don't look at any... There's no... And the Brian is actually an exception. Like, he's the only one you can call. Legitimately, he's the only one. There's nobody at Madrid. There's nobody at Barcelona. There's nobody at Juve. There's nobody at Paris Saint-Germain. Like, the, 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 the normal... We, the things that we would... The people we would call and say, these are your peers. You know, there's nobody who's doing more than Bruno is doing right now. And even I said, like, last pod, that I feel like he loses the ball a lot, which is which I think is kind of what you are saying as well, right? But there's something to be said for being in that position over and over and over again, right? Like, we're talking about um, Van der Beek, and you're saying he's not taking enough chances. You can't say that about Bruno, right? Even if some of those things are not working. And I think some of those things, too, have to do with the kind of team that we're playing in, right? Like, being available, that's one of the reasons why I love Van der Beek, is you have so many people who, when Bruno gets the ball, show, make yourself available, make a run, take a defender with you. And sometimes they're not doing that, or they're not doing that enough. And so... I think he's always under pressure to create out of nothing sometimes because he's become that guy. And part of what makes him more class is not just the fact that he tries to make chances. It's that he actually leads the team forward. Like, he's he's vocal. He's pushing the team. He's gingering them to make something not just for himself, but, like, open, open up, run. Every time I'm going and I'm pushing forward, I expect you to be going forward. And you see him also talking. So I think he's a driving force more than just, you know, his stats. I think it's more about what he actually offers to the team as a whole. And when we take him out, that's why it's so hard for us to replace it. Because there's nobody else that's even talking. You know, it's not Scott that's talking. And nobody cares about what Scott has to say anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, those are some of the things that I look at and I I have to give him his his credit in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I I semi-agree with you. I I personally still don't think he's he's elite yet, like world-class, world-class. But... um, He's, mm-hmm. he's close. He's very close. And, and I think that's fine. Just to put a final word on this so we can move on to the Burnley game is that like, how many times have we come on here and we've talked about Masha not making that run? And, you know, maybe who is it was like Pogba not being in the right position. Like, yes, maybe some of those mistakes are due to the fact that he's expecting these players to be where he's putting the ball, but they're not, like their head is not just, you get what I'm trying to say? He's not where he wants mm-hmm. them to be. So, you know, they're just, a, yeah, so to me, it's world-class, but everyone has their opinion, but, like, it's it's just what it is. You can't just argue with the numbers. That's just my only thing. Yeah, the no- numbers don't yeah. lie. Yeah. Okay, so we do have a game coming up against Burnley. If we win this next game, we will be top, and we won't be sharing you know, top spots with anybody. We will be top on our own. Um... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Yeah, you desire yourself. We're coming for you, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, With man. that, having said that, first of all, <laughs> what do you guys think? Jimmy, I'll come to you. What do you think? Um, what do you think about the game coming up itself? Like, how, how do you see the game itself playing out? And what impact do you think winning this game would have on the team for the rest of the season? 
especially in the Premier League? First of all, I like to say this game is going to be snacks. It's been a while since I've used that word. Actually, I miss it. Um, I don't. I don't see. Yeah, Burnley. They're not bad. Actually, like they're not bad defensively. But like, I, I think we're going to win this game. Like, either I think my my score prediction is going to be two one. That's going to be my score prediction. But I don't see this game being a very particularly like um, hard game for us to win. Only because like he rested a lot of the players is going to play in this game. Um, during that dreadful Watford game, in terms of what it would, the impact to the team in general, like it's tough to to, to judge these things because we still have social at the end of this club, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my only like that's that's my trepidation when it comes to this thing. Like, if it was a if we had a, one of those coaches where you are like, I respected this coach, then it would be something like it might be bigger than what it is. But at this point, because we might win that game now and then lose three games. Just because of the, the some of the picks the manager might make or some of the tactics he might make, you know, in the next three games. So like, as much as I want us, my thing is that let's just enjoy um, this game for what it is, which I think we're going to win. We're not top of the league. Let's enjoy for what it is and not think too much down the line because again, we still have social at the end of this club. If if I can if I can add to that or probably give my own take. Um, yeah. Burnley, Burnley have been they're very they've been very good this season defensively. So um I kinda disagree that it's going to be snacks just because snacks is relative it, job. It's just snacks. I guess yeah, we're I, 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 I we find it very hard to break really defensive teams. Um unless it's like a penalty or just a an individual brilliance. But I predict we would win this game, um, but I don't. I don't expect it to be to be snacks. Um, in terms of the impact, I think it's probably still too early to even think about the position on the table. I think I mean it would be like a smile. Yeah, we're happy deep down because we haven't been here in a long time. Maybe since Fergie was even our coach, like 2013. I don't think Mayu has ever been this high up on the table. So there will obviously be that. Um, excitement running through the team but i think it's a little bit too early to even get carried away or any of that stuff um number one because of most especially because of covid and the uncertainty that thing brings to to this season there's so many games like some teams are like three three games behind right now like tottenham or you know aston villa Right, so COVID can come and affect United in the next game or two weeks down the line, and everyone is just you know, we're back to scale square one. And with Oli, I don't think he has ever been in this position before, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure he'll be able to actually handle being on top. He might just give the players a one month break to go and celebrate, <laughs> but but I don't yeah. I don't. I don't think the, the players will get to to carry the weight. Though this is where we expect leaders to like show themselves, stand up, let's be counted, let's go for it. But we'll 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 see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think, and I'll come to you guys for your scoreline and your lineup and predictions and everything. Um, I think this time last season was when the players went on a run. You know, this is when. I mean, this time last season was when COVID started hitting. So, you know, the season was getting ready to go on lockdown. But I'm just saying, like, so, like in terms of where we are, like, in, after how many games did we really start going on a run? We're in a similar position 
to where we were when we started going on our run last season. Um, I I feel like for a lot of these players, if you are Rashford, if you are Marshall, if you are Pogba, if you are Bruno, you know, some of our better players, you haven't been in this position. If you are Cavani, you have some experience with this. If you are De Gea, you might have some experience with this. But I think that because of that, there's likely for us to, for these players to be hungry and be in a position where they want to try to see how far they can go in spite of our coaching, you know, our, our coaching situation. Um, I think this game is extremely important for us because if we don't win this game, then even even if we get a draw and we go top of the table, I, I feel like some of that belief might be lost because it, it now becomes in a moment where we had the opportunity, we didn't capitalize on it in the way that we needed to. So, Francis, I'll come back to you. Um, as far as your starting lineup, your scoreline predictions, and if you're feeling generous, your goal scorers. Take you, want celebration, you want celebrations too? <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually didn't touch on Fred though. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, so we'll bring, I got we'll some for you guys. I got some for you guys. <laughs> so by uh, my predicted lineup, um, I think it will be the same. The same. The core guys: um, De Gea in goal, Wan Bissaka in right back, who has been dreadful by the way. Um, Maguire centre back. I think Lindelof would play in this game as opposed to Bailly just because of the... I, I don't know if that was considered a concussion in the last game or just a minor injury to the neck. Um, but uh, Bailly would probably sit this one out. And then left back, um, I think Telles because um, Ole had mentioned that Pogba, Bailly and Luke Shaw were injured. In one of his previous press conferences, I'm not sure those guys would be would you know make it in time for this game. Wait, who was so, Luke Shaw? I think it, yeah, I think he mentioned Pogba, Luke Shaw, and Bayi, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. So with that being yeah. said, I'll go with Telus, Maguire, Lindelof, and Wambisaka, and in midfield, um, Fred and McTominay and Bruno Fernandez, and up front will be. Marshall, Greenwood, and um, Rashford. Okay. Actually, I switched switch that. It'll be Marshall, Cavani, and Rashford. Is Cavani, I was going to ask that. Is Cavani like, allowed to play? Three yeah, games. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, his three game ended against Watford. Okay. Yeah. That changes things. <laughs> so my uh, uh, scoreline would be... Can I sit this one out? <laughs> oh, no. Score line? Wow. That's a first. Okay. Why? Because you were shook that you said we're going to win 2 1. I guess no, no, no. I, I feel like my score lines, are, I don't know, I've been jinxing it. <laughs> Man's was fucking reckless. I guess. And I, oh, nah, you know, yeah, fuck that. I'll go. I think United will win this one 3 1. <laughs> 3 1. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah, 3 1. Um, Bruno Fernandez with a goal and an assist. Uh, Rashford with a goal. And Marshall with a goal. So, okay. all that talk about uh, Bongni's defense. What happened to that? 3 1 is a lot no. of goals. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> of goals, though. Uh, but I just don't, I, I don't think it'll be that easy. 
Okay. Because they, yeah, I, I think those guys would like low block us all all through the game till either a mistake or a penalty or something happens. That's why I don't think uh, me I, my cause my what I consider as snacks is we will actually we'll beat them very well like control the game you know create chances and then we'll score. But I don't think it will go like that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think the what is your predicted score line and your predicted lineup for the game? Yeah, I'll start with my lineup. I, I think over like the, the winning streak, like one of the uh, formations you start with is the 4-2-3-1, which I think is going to do the same again. Um, the news that Shaw might be injured, yeah, that changes my lineup because I was going to put Shaw in there. So it's going to be Juan Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire. I think Lindelof is going to start this game regardless if um, Eric Bailly was, was fit or not because I just think he just has a love affair with Lindelof and Maguire. Why? I don't know why. But anyways. <laughs> so it'll be Dagia and Goal, Juan Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Teles, Fred, Scott, um, and Pogba, you say, so yeah, Fred, Scott, uh, Fernandez, and I'll go with uh, Greenwood, no, 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 Cavani uh, is... No, no, hold on. Cavani is fit, so... I'll go with... Um, on the wings, I'll go with Marshall and Rashford and Cavani up front. What were you going to How about we do this? Just ig- ignore that Pogba and Shaw are injured, just in case they, they are not. And then you can give your lineup that way. Because I'm a, that's just like a, an assumption based on what I think I read. So it's not certain, I think. So if... Yeah, so if... Let's say Shaw. If Shaw is uh, fit, I want... I think Shaw is going to play ahead of... Um, Tellers because Tellers okay. played the, the full. They played full ninety minutes against Watford. I think, I think so. so. Yeah, so yeah. I think yeah, I think Shaw's gonna come in. So the only difference is just Shaw, and I'm still on the fence between Pogba and because if Cavani is back, I think it might be Cavani of the bench. So it just I don't know. So yes, yeah, so I'll go with Pogba, and then Marshall up front and then Rashford on the on the on the right. So Cavani will come off the bench, and my goal scorers are going to be oh. Marshall needs to find his form, man. So I'll give Marshall a goal scorer and I'll give um, Rashford the other one. For Burnley, I don't know who's going to score for Burnley. It can be anybody. <laughs> Chris, Chris Wood. <laughs> so that's my So, so your scoreline is 2 1. Yeah, 2 1. Yeah. Okay. Drum rolls. It's time. I right. think Ole is going to play three five two. Whoa! Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to play. So if I go, I'll go with the hair, Wan Bissaka, Tonzebi, Maguire, um, Lindelof, and then Shaw on, as a wing back, as the other wing back. Uh, I don't, you know, Ole. Once you think he's going to zig, you know, my guy wants to zag. So uh, I fully anticipate that. Shaw is going to play in midfield. I'm going to go with Pogba, Fred, um, and Fernandez. And then the two in attack are going to be Rashford and Cavani. That's going to be the starting lineup. Oh, Marshall on the bench. Yeah, Marshall, wherever Marshall is. And then I think we're going to win this game. Mm, Actually, I'm going to go with. Oh, tough. <laughs> I, I I think we're actually going to win, so I'm just going to stick with the win. I'll say two zero, and I'm going to go with Cavani and Fernandez penalty. 
Oh, okay. There's no celebration. There's no... Because this is kind of made compared to what you promised If Cavani scores, I assume he'll do his arrow arrow celebration. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I wonder if you guys actually uh, predicted your own scoreline properly. Francis, I did do. Did you not predict a win? I did. And so did you also get yours? You know, man, keep oh, oh, trying. Goes, I'm trying. Oh, I'm pushing out ideas out here, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking of man. City. Oh, oh. I'm, pushing no, out, no, I'm no. pushing out the boundary. You know, sometimes no, no. But, as 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 somebody that's pushing out the boundary, you'll get it right. Sometimes you won't get it right. That's what a pioneer is about. You know. Sometimes you get burned. Sometimes you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, but this Burnley one, take it to the bank. <laughs> to the bank, cash it. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Max Luto. <laughs> Take it to the bank and cash it. <laughs> My guy said Pogba is going to hush the crowd. I can tell them the city is red. <laughs> Yo, Raman Jago, you're a fraud. <laughs> well, that will bring us to the end of another great episode of What Would Fergie Do? Uh, we'll be back again previewing the, the game from the weekend. Um, you know, double let's, game see, week, how, by let's the way. see how tomorrow, let's see how tomorrow have, goes. We have a double game week coming up with 19, by the way, so just keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, okay, nice. But we play Let's... Liverpool this weekend, and one of the predictions I won't tell you guys yet, but I will say that by the next time we record this pod, United would have made a substantial bid for another player. So, so keep on the lookout for that. <laughs> Man, bro. Keep on the lookout Yo, for that. Call, call it, Take call, it to call, the call bank. It call it a night. Call it a night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. As always, please follow us on social media on our multiple social media platforms on Twitter. What would Fergie do on Instagram? What would Fergie do? Any last words from you guys? We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs> All right.